I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to and is a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. So say, Inc.com, MSNBC is your business, uh, People First, Fit Small Business, Proven, and a bunch of other sites, uh, where I am so unbelievably honored that they have recognized this podcast as you know such a great resource. And it's really because of the guests that I get. To, to come on here. These people have incredible expertise in a variety of areas of business. They give of their time and their knowledge and join me in a conversation so that all of you can get the answers and the ideas and the insights that you need that you can take back into your business so you can continue to do great things. Today is no different. My guest today is Kim Chernecki. Kim is CEO and founder of Freedom Street, a global training and coaching company that helps high-performing consultants, coaches, and other experts land lucrative corporate contracts. She's the creator of the Land Corporate Clients Fast Track System and is a top-rated sales performance executive, facilitator, coach, advisor, speaker, and strategist. A 25-year entrepreneur, Kim has consulted with executives from over 100 leading North American and Fortune 1000 companies and has also started up and helped grow eight businesses and business divisions. Thanks for joining me today, Kim. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here, Diane. I am thrilled to have you here. Um, I I think that um, this topic of 
corporate clients mm-hmm. is so interesting because I think a lot of small business owners either think they can't get them or they're like that they themselves are too small right. to be taken seriously. So I'm really thrilled that we're talking about this. So Absolutely. share with me, sorry, share with me if you would, in today's market, in today's environment, how do you, how do you see solopreneurs and small business owners finding clients? Sure. Well, I mean, I th- you know, the, I think the first way, and this goes with, with corporate as well, is it's always leveraging. I see people leveraging their networks, right? Of course, they're going to um, uh, go after, uh, you know, leverage their network, um, people that they trust, um, and, and then that then they can. Uh, refer them to others and lead to great referrals because it's a great trust of, you know, a source of trust and confidence. And then of course there's networking going out there and, and uh, going where their target clients network, whether it's, you know, different meetups, um, industry associations, industry events, and so forth. However, uh, you know, I do see so many small business owners and consultants tapping into corporate via their networks. And, you know, the, um, the way that they're doing that is, you know, they, it's through their networks, but also doing some great research, you know, and it's, it quite frankly, tapping into, uh, into corporate is one of the biggest leveraged opportunities that you have, because you know what, they have dedicated budgets and can drive more consistent income and so forth. So, um, so, so, you know, just to wind back to your question, through networks, through networking, um, uh, researching and tapping into corporate. And then of course, and you would know this from your social media work that you do is through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a fantastic way to, um, to leverage clients as well, whether they're, you know, small business owner clients or corporate clients. So let's talk about that for a second. And I totally agree with you. I am constantly saying to people that LinkedIn is one of the best research tools, prospecting research tools out there that, people are not using. Absolutely. Yeah, so talk about that, if you would, about how people can and should be using it. Sure. Um, Well, you know, it's funny. um, LinkedIn, and you would probably know the numbers better than me, at last count, there are 500 million people on LinkedIn internationally. And I mean, I think last year it was 200 million. <laughs> so it's just, it's going exponential. So it's just the world's greatest uh, referral, um, uh, like, you know, referral portal, portal, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's as simple as just going on there and searching your keywords. So for example, if you go into LinkedIn and you put in the in search business owners, you're going to get like 20 million responses. I mean, it's amazing how you can, uh, use LinkedIn just to, to do some searches. But, um, you know, taking a step back, a, you know, a great way to research a, uh, you know, to research corporate, for example, let's say that you wanted to, um, you know, look at a, a bank like Wells Fargo or something like that. You would just go in, you know, we put Wells Fargo and let's just say that you're selling marketing services, then you could put VP of marketing, you know, and see what comes up. And it's just a really, it's amazing the information you can find just using it as a research tool to your point. And then what do you think people should do with that information? Because, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of people who connect with me on LinkedIn and then try and sell me something I don't need or want. Sure. Um, Right. And, and I, I don't think that's such a good, 
policy, but I find that when you can find those people, if you're connected to them in any way, you can ask for the introduction. But like, what if you aren't connected to them in some way? What, what do you think people should do with that information? That's a great question. Um, well, if you are going to link in with someone and they accept, or if you want to, to meet them, you would need to do something, one of two things, either have a really great, juicy um, offer that you know is top of mind for them. And if you've done your research and that's, you know, when it comes to meeting, uh, you know, corporate decision makers face to face, it's all about research, right? But finding out what their kind of top priorities would be. If you can tap into that, then, you know, you have a better, better uh, chance of them responding. Or what you could do is just say, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to connect and see if we can't help each other and just keep it high level. They'll either accept or they won't. Yeah. So great. So yeah. great. So, <laughs> and I have, and, to, and admit, I really, I have to admit, Diane, that um, it, LinkedIn, I'm not even using it to, to its full extent right now. It's, it's kind of one of my 2018 priorities is to really leverage LinkedIn to drive my business. For me, it's all about going direct to, it's more of a research tool to find out the players yeah. so that I can go direct to those decision makers. Yeah, so I'm in. I'm totally in the same boat with you, um, and I always have it on my list. Um, but and I, I just want to circle back to something that you said, and I'm really hoping that people hear this: that you got to do the research. You got to know what's top of mind for these people. You can't assume that what you sell is what is on the top of their list. Because when yep. you're wrong, you're screwing yourself, right? Totally. You don't necessarily get a second bite. Yeah. Totally. It's all about the research. It's all about preparation. I mean, if people get nothing else out of this, uh, you know, this interview, it's like, it's all about the research. It's all about the prep. And it's all about what's most important to the client. You yeah. know, if, because if, if what you have to offer isn't on there, isn't top of mind for them, if it isn't a top priority, they're not going to buy from you, at least not yet. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> and, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you can start developing, you know, if, if, it, if you realize that it's not time yet, you can start developing a relationship. You can be that trusted advisor and send them articles and add value and just start that relationship so that when it is time, when it, it is a top priority for them, you'll be top of mind for them. And that's a whole nother, yeah, that's a yeah. whole nother area of focus, right? Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And, and I'm really hoping that people embrace this idea because th they get so self-focused, right? Yeah. It's, I have to sell this thing. I have to do this thing. I have something they need that they're, that they're not realizing that it's those relationships that if you start building them are going to lead to more and more business, either with that company or with somebody else or a different division in that company. You, you, you know, you have absolutely. no idea where it could go. Absolutely. And what you just described, what, um, <laughs> what uh, we, we used to call here, or what I still call here, people who are just thinking about I, I, I and the service I have to sell, that's being a product pusher. Yeah. Right? As opposed to Awful. being 
a trusted advisor, you know, being that right. confidant. And I mean, that's to me, that's where you need to come from to really have a thriving business, whether you're a small business owner or a salesperson, uh, whatever it is, is you need to think of yourself as that trusted advisor. And it's all about the client. It's all absolutely. Yep. 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 It's so true. Yeah. And what's so interesting for me is that people don't like being treated that way. They don't like having um, products pushed on them. Yep. So they shouldn't be doing it in the other direction. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about getting to the decision maker, or the, getting to the right decision maker, because I think this is a pretty big obstacle for small business owners and sales professionals that they, they can get so far, but yep. if they can't really get to the decision maker, then they can't build the relationship they need to build. So what are your thoughts? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I, I always believe you want to have like, a, I do this exercise with my clients called your target client brainstorm. So once you know who your target client is, and we can talk about that in a bit, it's like, you want to create a list and have like a top 25 to 30 list of organizations that you want to go after, you know, that are maybe certain size, certain industry and so forth. So the first, so let's just say, I don't know. I'm just going to use an example. Let's just say your top 10 list are 10 financial institutions uh, in the state of Ohio, for example, or, you know, in the province of Ontario or, or in Canada. Um, okay. Well, obviously it'll be on that if depending on the size of the bank, right? It'll probably be bigger than that. So um, first step you want to do is, you know, reach out to your network and um, see if you can find people who can facilitate introductions and know who those decision makers are in those um, in those organizations. So you want to find out who the decision maker is. And the best thing that you can do is to leverage your, your network and do a little bit of, uh, you know, intelligence, if you will, <laughs> to find out who the decision, maker, uh, decision makers are in organizations and, you know, figuring out the org structure and so forth. But if you can't do it through people that you know the next thing you do and it's it's really it's it's not rocket science it's just going on the company website it's finding out who the players are who the leaders are if they're a public company you can go into their annual report and find out who you know, the players are and so forth um, and then what and then of course you know depending on so for example let's say that you have marketing, let's just say you have social media services that you'd like to sell into corporate. And by the way, it doesn't have to be really big corporate. It can be small and medium sized businesses as well. I consider that corporate. Um, so let's just say you're selling social media services. You would know that you would probably want to talk to um, a head of marketing, like a VP of marketing or a director of marketing and so forth. So what you would do is then uh, and this is a whole nother thing, you would reach out to whoever that head of marketing was and find out if they are the person who um, is the decision maker. And there's a way to do it. I mean, I'm using emails and so forth, but you can find out pretty quickly, um, you know, who the right person is to be talking to as long as you're not, you know, afraid of doing a little bit of research and then making some preliminary, um, you know, emails. And that's an, another thing we can talk about. But uh, it's, and it's really just, it's going there and it's, it's actually sending an email and they'll be quick to say, oh, you know what, who you should be talking to is this person. And then you can get referred really quickly. Okay, let's talk about that email for a minute though. Pardon me? I said, let's talk about that email that they would send for a minute. What should they be sure. saying in that email? Got it. Okay. So, you know, all right. 
so let me, this is kind of, um, it, it's a really big subject. And, and in fact, with my clients, um, this is typically the number one challenge they express, which is, you know, how do you get meetings with decision makers? How do you find the decision makers? That's the one thing. But then how do you get meetings with decision makers? So let me kind of kill two birds with one stone, if you will. So I've got, I, what I love is something that I call the one-two punch. <laughs> and what that is, is the, the one of the one-two punch is a customized, personalized, well-crafted, short and thoughtful email followed up three or four days later by a phone call and where you're following up on the email. So what you can do is kind of assume that it's the decision maker if you don't know and you put a really, really great email together and then um, they and then you can say, and if you're not the right person, please let me know who is. And I've got a whole uh, email structure that I um, engage people with uh, that kind of lays out what that piece of communication looks like. But suffice it to say, that email, it has to, you have to have done research. It's got to be customized to them. Um, it, you have to make a connection and warm up the email, you know, um, referring to maybe someone referred me or I saw you speak or I love the article you wrote or so that's kind of when you you think you have the decision maker. Um, and then you write, you know, next you you um, engage them in a well crafted value proposition uh, that, you know, speaks to your services and what you do. And here's the key but you wanna make sure you tailor it so that it taps into a, a challenge that that corporate decision maker could be having, you've heard that they have or assume that you've, you have. So, you know, th there's a, a number of steps here, um, yeah. but it all comes down to great reconnaissance, great research. Sometimes you make some assumptions um, and, uh, and then once you get good at it, you know, and, and people see that you've actually put some thought and research and customization into the email and you're not just sending a mass email, you're going to have a much higher, um, uh, response rate that they'll get back to you. And so whether they are the actual decision maker or not, they can say, Hey, you know, thanks for reaching out. Um, you, who you should be talking to is this person, you know, go ahead and, and, and reach out to them. So that was a lot in there, but hopefully that, that helps. It was great. It was absolutely great. And one of the things that I, I really pick up on um, and want to emphasize is that one of the places that your time is best spent is on doing the research, yep. not on dialing for dollars, yep. right? I mean, you could send a ton of emails out, but if there isn't anything connective in them, it, it's not going to do you any good hundred percent. And in fact, to take that a step further, it is my profound belief and knowing or experience. It's all about quality, not quantity. Yeah. Quality, yeah. quality, quality. Like I'll even say to people, you know, maybe if you can do four or five really great, thoughtful, quality um, emails or reach outs a week, that's that is a hundred times better than doing a hundred, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Because Diane, yeah. what do you do when you get emails that are, you just know are mass and not like, <laughs> what do you do with them? Delete them. Exactly. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> right. So why bother? Yep. Yep. 
and, and people love and it. I, and I have to say that, so I've had people who, I don't know what research they're doing, but it, it's not good. I've gotten emails that in the subject line called me Angela, <laughs> it, which is nowhere near my name. And then in the body, talk about whatever they have is really great for lawyers, which I am not. Oh my so, God. yeah. You know what? That's, Did they buy a list? That's unforgivable. You know what? In, in my um, opinion, that's unforgivable. That is just. Plain. I know. It's just plain, and it's just so ineffective, and you're never going to get a second chance. Ever. 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 No. no. <laughs> and people like me are going to write about it. I'm not going to say who they are or anything, but I'm going to use that as a lesson, right? Yeah. And I'm going to write about it, and I'm going to speak about it, and see I'm sharing it here because yep. it's so out there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And it isn't just mm -hmm. about getting your name right and your company name right and your business right. It's about going, like, I mean, it's just like, so what you just said, I've had people go, oh, hi, Kim. Well, I checked out your website. Very impressive. I think you could benefit from project management certification. <laughs> I'm like, so I actually emailed back and I said, did you really read my website? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard back from them again. <laughs> I'll bet. I know. Yeah. You could use this. Uh, I do that. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, we're talking. It's lazy. Yep. Yep. It's, it's deep. It's deep research. It's making it relevant. It's tapping yeah. into their, it's tapping into what they, what you either know or would at least assume some of their tough challenges would be. That's why I always tell people to focus on certain industry verticals and become an expert in that industry vertical or verticals because oh. people build from that and talk to their challenges. And when you're, you know, reaching out to a new uh, corporate decision maker, and let's just go back to the banking, for example, I could say something like, well, you know, I'd love an opportunity to share insights and ideas um, with, uh, from my work with relevant clients like, Wells Fargo, like yeah. uh, Bill Harris, that can add value to you in your role. And people are like, oh, you're working with those banks? Oh, yeah, I want to talk to right. you. Right. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> wow. That's so great. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then sure. um, we can continue the conversation. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Boomerang Principle by Lee Carraher and The Go-Giver by Bob Berg, both of whom have been guests on this podcast. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Kim Chernecki about growing your business with corporate clients. So Kim. Yes. Once these people get the meeting yes. with <laughs> the corporate decision maker, yeah. share with us, some mistakes you see them make, please. Oh my God, love to, <laughs> love to. I'm very, very passionate about the, these mistakes too. 
<laughs> I can tell. <laughs> well, first of all, and we've already been talking about this, not, not enough preparation. Not enough yeah. preparation. You need to consistently prepare. And I'm talking even painstaking preparation before every single meeting. And that means, you know, doing research, developing a comprehensive list of questions, planning a well-crafted opening. One of the biggest mistakes I see are people walk in and start pushing their product and start talking. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Diane, because um, I'm mean, going to, no, can I call you Angela? No, I'm just kidding, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's interesting. There was, we were just talking about, you know, great email preparation. And I had received this email from a guy who and it looked, you know, um, and he was this money consultant. And he had said, Kim, I was noticing you have this Trailblazer Forum event. And, you know, I'd love an opportunity to talk to you about how I could maybe uh, be a support and a subject matter expert for, for your community. And I thought, oh, this guy, he's really, he, you know, he was, it was customized. It was to me. So I said, sure, I'll take a meeting with him. So we get on the phone. And he starts talking. And he starts talking. Oh. And talking. And talking. He didn't open the meeting. He didn't say even hello. I think he made have said hello. Didn't ask me one single question about my business. Oh. I was just sitting there out of morbid curiosity to see how far we would go. So I just like five <laughs> minutes in and I went, excuse me, you haven't asked me one question about me. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I know. But no, this will, this will be really good for your community. It really will. And then he continued to talk. And so I just said, okay, fine, I'll, you know, thank you, whatever. And I just, I just said, uh, yeah, don't call me, I'll call you kind of thing. And, and you, know what the, you know what the funny thing is? He had a great offering, but out of principle, I would never put him in front of my community if he is not going to be consultative and be that trusted advisor, being able to just do a, 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 a great discovery meeting, right? And yeah. he got in the door and he blew it big time, right? So, so, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, great preparation, research, and coming up with some really great, like, you know, um, look on LinkedIn, what you need to, they need to do is, you know, look on LinkedIn, find about, out about them, look on the company website, prepare a full meeting um, preparation, meaning you prepare the opening to the meeting, you prepare a big list of questions. You also want to prepare some insights and nuggets that you can share, you know, to, to, um, to add value, right? So first thing, they don't prepare and they just walk in and start being a product pusher. So that's, that's number one. Number, and so, and number two, which is kind of the next sin, if you will, is pit, starting to pitch their product or service too soon. Before yeah. having gone through a proper discovery process. So maybe they ask some questions, but they start pitching too soon. In the first discovery meeting, you might not even talk about your services except extremely high level, right? Because it's all about yeah. them and their issues and getting to know their strategic priorities, the organization's strategic priorities, right? It's like it's yeah. in, you want to develop, use that first meeting to start developing a relationship. And then the third thing that I see um, small business owners doing when they're meeting with corporate, so maybe they do an okay job with the discovery meeting, but then they, what they do is they, they end up jumping to proposal too soon. They might huh. hear one need and then they run off and write a proposal. 
for you to be hired, it has to be a top priority need or they're not going to hire you. What you just uncovered, what they just uncovered could have been number seven or number eight on their list. They might buy from you sometime, but certainly not now. So there's so much you can do in the, uh, I guess, in the sales process, if you will, before you go to proposal. So just to, just to confirm that, mm. so the, the three biggest mistakes I see are not enough preparation or no preparation, pitching on the product or service too soon, and jumping to proposal too soon. I, I so agree with that. It, yeah. it's, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I think part of it is, I think they walk into the meeting, even I've seen people, even they have heard this, they've heard you have to do discovery. They've heard you have to ask questions. Yep. Their mind is not on the listening attentively to the answers that they're getting. They yep. are already, they're just going to go through the process. And then as soon as the people are done, they go ahead and pitch because they've made assumptions about what, what the company needs instead yep. of really listening to yep. what the person is saying. Yep. You got it. And you know it's what? Ridiculous. It's hmm. it's I'll have to say, I don't know what you, what your experience is with this Diane, what you um but it has been my so I used to be a sales performance executive. I used to work with organizations to help them sell better, right? And I used to work with their yeah. sales leaders and their teams and even trained sales people, 80% mm -hmm. of them were product pushers. Like 80% yeah. of people out there do what you just said. They jump too soon. It's a real I think it's because they were trained back before the internet when the mm -hmm. consumer didn't have any information. And so, you know, we had this whole sales system where you were supposed to go in and you were supposed to share all the bells and whistles and features and benefits and talk about all of this stuff. And the consumer was sort of stuck because they didn't know. Right. They, they had to go through the dog and pony show because they, they didn't have any information. Then the internet shows up and the consumer is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Educated. Yep. So the tables turned, right? And now it, it really point. is about relationship building and finding out what's going on with them specifically and not making the assumption that everyone needs what you have to sell. Wow. Great point. Great point. So I guess there's still a lot of the old, old school type mm -hmm. engagement out there, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think especially in, well, from my experience, I've seen, I think a lot of sales professionals in large and mid-sized organizations are being trained that way still because they have a sales manager who it worked for them 20 yep. years ago. Yep. So th this is how they're training their staff. And then the people who leave corporate and decide to go into business for themselves, they're still using these processes or they've never been a salesperson. So mm -hmm. they yes. think this is what they're supposed to do because this is how they've experienced salespeople. Yep. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Point. It's not good. Yeah. No, thanks. We need to change it. So yeah. well, for sure. <laughs> it's all about, and I know this is an overused word, but we need to think of being trusted advisors. And that does yeah. over you, but in the purest sense, it is the best term. You need to think of yourself as a trusted advisor. You're, you're their confidant, you're their resource, you're their expert, you're their, you care about them. You, you wanna find out as, uh, everything about them so you can be their go-to resource. But you gotta earn that through great- Exactly. And building relationships, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and, and it's these people who, like, I know someone who believes that everyone needs what she has to sell. So went just by virtue of introducing herself, they should want to do business with her. Mm, yeah. And you just look at her and say, okay, no. And, <laughs> <laughs> and no. And are you stopping and thinking about how you can help that person? It's just insanity. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it, oh. And you know what, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because it's almost like the fact that this, that she has such a great service or product that everyone needs. It's almost a disservice to her to not learn how to be consultative and be that trusted advisor because it'll just put your head and shoulders about, uh, above, uh, I mean, <laughs> head and shoulders above other people out there selling to corporate or to anyone, right? It's so true. Yeah, it's so true because she really does have something that a lot of people need, but yeah. she just shoots herself in the foot with it. Yeah. It's yeah. too bad. Yeah. It's too bad. <laughs> so, so moving off of sales just a little bit, um, yeah. sort of. I mean, it, it sort of is. I, I would really like to talk with you about pricing because I think small business is another place where small business owners get themselves really twisted around when it comes to corporate clients. Yeah. So, right. I mean, should they be pricing differently? Should they just know what the value of their product or service is? And this, and that's just what it is, regardless of who they're selling it to. Where, where are you on this? Yes. <laughs> so there's, I guess there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so like, kind of like how long is a piece of string, right? But those, it was a great question. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it really depends. So really what it comes to, I mean, several key, key things. You really need to know whatever your, um, let's just say it's a service, okay? You have to know what the going market rate is in corporate for your service or product, selling similar services. And then you need to price their, they need to price their services depending on the additional or relative value they provide. So there's really nothing wrong with being on the higher price side of things as long as you can con confidently position and deliver value and ROI. So for example, um, let's say a photographer. Um, you know, a photographer versus say a uh, photographer like, who does headshots. And maybe do, they do headshots in corporate and they're gonna get a certain amount of money for that. But if you have a photographer who positions, it's funny, I've got a client of mine right now who she positions herself, I'm your brand identity photographer and I make you look like a rock star or be a rock star in your space. She can wow. charge more, almost double than, than what others might charge because because she really does. She works with she works with you on your whole brand identity and those pictures and makes makes your whole brand identity come alive. So that's going to be a higher value, and you're going to pay more than a photographer who does headshots and does some other things. So it's really about positioning huh. how much you deliver value. Another example: I work with a lot of. Um, executives who are, um, you know, who've been downsized from corporate and they're becoming consultants. So, you know, a way a senior executive or, or um, you know, uh, that type of consultant, they can charge more than say, you know, even some of the people in the big, uh, big consulting firms who are more junior and don't have the deep corporate experience. So, mm. So I guess the answer to the question is you've got to figure out what the market will bear. You've got to figure out what corporate is paying for those services and products. And you've got to determine what your service or product 
delivers relative to them and price accordingly. So you got to do some research. You've got to, you got to try things on. You've got to do, you've got to talk to people. Um, it, it, so it's really doing research, talking to other vendors or suppliers or consultants, delivering that same service to, to figure out how to position. So it's an, it's a bit of an art. It's a bit of a science, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. And then as you become more confident in delivering to corporate, then you can raise your price and, and maybe, you know, sell bigger packages and, and so forth that could end up being, you know, even delivering more value. Okay. So on a related note, Mm -hmm. you mentioned this earlier, and I think this applies here as well. Um, How does someone, or is there a best way to figure out your ideal target client and that they are actually in corporate? Sure, sure. No, great, great question. So at the, at the end of the day, whoever owns the budget for the type of services you provide is your target. And that can hire you and sign your check or at least influence uh-huh. the signing of your check. That's your target client. So for an, um, as an example, let's just say uh, you're selling leadership training and coaching. Okay, so probably uh, who the your ideal target client would be the head of human resources or the head of learning and development or the head of various business units. And it varies from corporation to corporation. So if I was selling leadership training and coaching into corporate, my target clients or ideal target clients would be head of HR head of um, the actual business unit, which is where I would go first, by the way, <laughs> um, or head of learning and development. And you would, be, you would be approaching all of those and you would find out who owns the budget, but you want to meet with all three of those because they could maybe influence it, right? So yeah. it's, a bit of, it's a bit of navigating corporate and finding out what the corporate landscape is. But at the end of the day, your target client is going to be the one who will be buying your services and who can um, at least approve or um, influence the signing of your check. You might be, you know, if you're a leadership coach, your target client's obviously going to be leaders who you're going to be coaching and and delivering to. But in this context, we're talking about, well, who's going to hire you to deliver to them? That's who you want to target. Otherwise, you're going to be spinning your wheels. I remember being, doing a talk um, at this, this big small business event and uh, I don't know, I asked someone the question, you know, who would be your target client? They said, oh, well, it would be an HR manager because I sell HR services. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's who you might be serving, but you were, <laughs> you would, your target client is actually the person who would hire you to deliver to them. They're like, oh, right. I said, you know, you're going to, because otherwise you're going to be spinning your wheels for a long time. And just on top of that, there could be a number of stakeholders who may have to support that decision and you want to engage them too. But at the end of the day, you want to be in front of who's going to be, uh, who owns the budget, who's going to be hiring you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. There's users and buyers and oftentimes, and it sounds like in corporate, they're not necessarily the same person. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to talk to them all anyway, because then you're, you're developing your network, right? And you're being, uh-huh, and, right. And, 
as you're, I'm sure you're very aware, that can be tricky. You've got to really be diplomatic. You've got to make sure you're not stepping on people's toes and you're being, you know, you're being gracious and you're, you know, you're, you're asking, you know, is it, you know, is it okay? And, and then there's a school of thought that says, you know, uh, you know, approach people and then ask for forgiveness later. I think there's an in-between where you can reach out and yeah. just say, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. You just have to navigate the political. It's because, you know, in any corporate, there's a bit of politics. So you just have to navigate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is that well, you should always be nice. So mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you do want to see, be able to build... Um, as many significant relationships as you can, because sometimes I find what happens is the small business owner gets in with somebody because they know the person who works there or whatever. And then that person leaves and they don't know what to do next. They don't know who to talk to next. Right. Cause they, they have not, then they lose the business. Absolutely. Right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And you know what, Diane, to build on that, and this, this yeah. is why there's such an opportunity for small business owners to, you know, um, and, and by the way, corporate wants small business owners. There's so many reasons they want to buy from small business owners. You said that at the beginning, some people feel like, you know, there isn't an opportunity. There's a huge opportunity. Um, but um, that, you know, there will always be opportunities because to your point, people are leaving organizations. They're, they're leaving, they're being fired, they're being downsized, they're moving. There's always gonna be new players. So there's always gonna be opportunities. You know, because for example, let's just say that you're going back to the marketing services. Let's say that you're providing mar- uh, marketing or social media services to their marketing department. Then all of a sudden, a new VP of marketing comes in and says, no, I've got my own person, right? Or, right. or a new VP of marketing comes in, all of a sudden it's fair game, right? So yeah. there's always going to be opportunity in this just cons- completely consistently changing uh, business landscape. There'll always be lots of opportunities. And what, what, where there was no opportunity one day, the next day there could be. Which is exactly why you should be building relationships with these people, even if they don't need what you have to sell right now or are not prepared to buy what you sell because of that changing landscape. Yep. Bingo. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And just to, wow. to, just to um, circle back on your point, it is so important to make those, um, uh, those multiple touch points in organizations again, because the players are always changing. And if you're just relying yeah. on one, they could be gone. Really important. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Th- th- this is really so great. Um, <laughs> great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. And but seriously, because it's really great advice for people. And so, you know, some of the things that I'm hearing th- that, that I would like the listeners to hear is there really is opportunity with large and medium sized and small corporate organizations. They want to do business with small business, but you got to do your research and yep. you've got to know what you're talking about. When yep. you start getting in front of, right, in front of these people, or they're going to shut you down. Exactly. And some people yeah. are, are afraid and maybe intimidated, so don't even try. And you know what? You just need to try. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, you might yeah. get turned down a couple of times, but you keep going. There is a huge, it's funny, one of my kind of taglines, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up in Canada, I say, you know, um, the, I say, you know, the $500 billion opportunity most small businesses miss. 
That's what corporate Canada spends annually on third-party wow. service providers. So in the States, that would be $500 because you guys are always 10 yeah. times us. <laughs> <laughs> they, every year, corporate U.S. spends $500 trillion a year on third-party service providers. That includes small businesses. That includes trade. Wow. Every, yeah, sure, a lot of that are big suppliers and all that, but the little ones, oh, absolutely. So that leads me to another question. Talk to me if you think there's value in these small business owners building relationships with some of the larger companies in their space, so maybe they could be subs, Yep. On, on some of this business. Is that a worthwhile venture? Yeah, um, it depends. I would think um, hmm, there could be little niches here and there. If you're solo, okay. it's going to be more difficult. Probably more pure consulting would be probably where you could fit in. Um, okay. It's just you. It's probably better to go with um, more medium-sized organizations rather than the great big ones. Um, I, I would say, and hey, there's so much, so many more of those. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, one of the things that I say to people to look at is is to look at you know the top 100 fastest-growing organizations in North America, for example, and you know look at the size of the organization. They they have tons of problems and needs that they need solved and, and will be of a size. And it's much easier to navigate as well. Like I personally, I don't go for the great big ones anymore just because. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and hey, I used to as a sales performance executive, I worked with, um, you know, some of the like lots of the biggest organizations right across Canada. But I also had a huge team behind me. Right. Um, right. So right. You want to be able to deliver, so you need to have the scale to deliver. But if you're um, on your own or a small team, you just want to you want to um, go where you can deliver and add value. So you might want to start more the medium size. I think would probably be the best way to go, and it's much much easier to get in. You don't have to navigate um, procurement as much as you might in a large organization. That kind of thing. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah. I love that advice. That's great. Yeah. Or or oh, yeah. one one other thing, Diane. Yeah. Or start off with a business unit, you know, start off with one business unit Yeah. in a larger organization. That's always a great thing to do, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could start out geographically where you are, right? Absolutely. If there's a large company, yeah, and it's all over the place, start with the folks where you are, if you can, and then see if it makes sense to piggyback on it. Yeah. yeah. Proximity, always better to go where, where you're close to, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing that, and, and I know you can, uh, we're meeting virtually right now and we have international and global reach, but when it comes to corporate, there's nothing that replaces good old fashioned one-on-one -on -one in person meeting. Uh, mm. You have to just do that, but there, there's still something about that that is still very, very, because um, we're human, right? So go right. where you live, have a great face-to-face -face meeting. Um, you know, that's always the best. And you can scrape phone and Zoom and WebEx and Skype and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's about relationship building. So you have to do that first. Got it. And then, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, right. That's so great. Good. Oh my gosh, Kim, I just, I have loved this conversation. I Me think too. you have provided so much that these listeners 
can grab onto and, and do things with. And speaking of them, would you share with them how they can find you and get reach out to you? Sure. Well, and you know, um, uh, what they can do is go to www.freedomstreetinc.com. So spell out all the words. So freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, street, S-T-R-E-E-T, then inc.com. And actually, okay. if, if they go to the front of my website, I have three free training videos, which is all about, you know, the $500 billion opportunity that most small business owners miss. And they can sign, um, uh, sign up for my three free training videos and kind of take, take a deeper dive as to what we've talked about here today. So I'd love it. Oh. We're uh, open to, to do that. I'd love to, yeah, be great to share that. That's terrific. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks so much for being here and spending this time with me. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, really enjoyed it too, Diane. Like you, we definitely think alike. <laughs> so it's so yeah. a great conversation. Yes. Yeah, we do. I know. It was great. Uh, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in as well as our sponsor. Uh, remember, if you want to get a free trial and a free audiobook from audible.com, just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Continue to prosper and be curious and do your research. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.